Hey everybody and welcome to another episode of What's Good with Ben V. On today's episode we have Master Sensation Taru Higashi. Sensei Higashi is the head sensei at the Kokushi Budo Institute of New York. He happens to be my son's sensei for judo and he's a toddler. He was ranked as high as 43 in the world at one time in judo. He was selected for both Pan American and US teams to represent uh, the United States in Sambo, a Russian type of grappling. Um, he holds multiple uh, rankings in several disciplines in martial arts. Also, a uh, bachelor's degree in psychology and a master's degree in MBA from Columbia in education. And today we talked to Sensei Higashi about the importance of play in youth development, in child development, in helping them to socialize better, in gaining independence. So I hope you enjoy the show. And uh, without further ado, here's uh, Sensation Taro Higashi. Yeah, thank you for having me. Thank you for having me. Appreciate it, man. What I wanted to chat about today, because um, you have a, a, a pedigree that's unusual because you also have you know, an undergraduate degree in psychology, and I'm super interested in what other countries are doing using play to teach kids. And I know that you, with your combination of your education as well as experience of being a high-level coach and sensei, that's intertwined in there. So it's really interesting to, to get to know what your philosophy is on that, as well as having, you know, a toddler like myself. Yeah. So that's a very interesting topic. And I'm a, I feel very strongly about this stuff. My undergraduate was in psychology. My master's, my first master's degree is in teaching English as a second language. So I have a little bit of like pedagogical knowledge when it comes to like how to teach English to speakers of other languages, things like this. And, you know, the certification goes from kindergarten through 12th grade. So I have a lot of experience in that. And uh, I borrowed a lot of some of these ideas and philosophies from the reading that I did during that time period. And I've implemented sort of in the martial arts program. And I think uh, play plays a huge role. You know, uh, I think it's sort of understated, you know, keeping a kid's interest and making it fun for them so they keep coming back. Right. As it's different from like learning English in an academic setting versus a martial art or a sports setting, because at the end of the day, a sport is a sport. And, you know, 90 percent of the people out there who are putting their kids in sport is, you know, they understand that the kid is not going to be a professional. Right. A lot of the times and, you know, we all want to believe that our kid is going to be right, the superstar. And, you know, we all should operate under right having those hopes and dreams for the kid. But I think a lot of the times the first and foremost thing, important thing for like a kid to come in to be in the sport, involved and loving it and putting the amount of time that it requires for them to be successful is for it to be fun and interesting. And that's where play really comes in. That's interesting. I, I, I like the, the baking in the philosophy. You know, have you noticed that with your younger students, the ones that really excel in the judo and the play at a young age, do they eventually do better academically? Have you noticed that at all? You know, I would love to say like if you come in and do martial arts and you know you're you're great, then you can do academically. Uh, I wish I can say that, but you know I don't look into their report cards or anything like that. I know a lot of martial arts school do like, hey, bring in your kid's report card and we'll give them a, a separate stripe for it or reward them this and that. Uh, but, you know, I'm on the Upper West Side and a lot of the parents are very education oriented to begin with, so. 
you know, I'm not going to try to take credit for that and be like, ah, it's you know, martial arts or I don't even really look at it. So I can't really see a correlation, right? Because I'm involved in that way. I assume, right, kids who are working out, exercising and having fun and have very good communication skills and have a community like a martial arts school, like those kids tend to do better. I believe that. Uh, but, you know, it's anecdotal kind of, right? And I'm kind of using my common sense on that one. Yeah, yeah, yeah. I would... I would guess that that would be really hard to get some good data on. But I think that, you know, I'm coming at it from the fact that there is strong data to suggest that elements of play intertwined with the academic setting, you know, increase the 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 overall academic performance. And yeah, yeah. And so, I'm you know, I'm thinking that I see that a lot in the martial arts. I see that you know, it's already built into the system. And it's really interesting to see how that translates to other portions of like my kid's life. Mm. Yeah, no, definitely. You know, it's got to be fun for kids, you know, especially when you're four years old doing a sport like judo, right? And it also depends on the program, depends on the school. You know, we tend to teach kids judo, like even at four years old, like you've seen it, we're actually showing technique and we're actually grappling with the kids. Right now, we don't have a Tiny Champs program because you know the corona and stuff but before we get you know five or six kids in the room that's like four or five years old and let those kids grapple you know of course we're holding them up by the collar so they don't get smashed right but like they're actually doing judo as opposed to a lot of these other programs you know four and six is like listen to sensei yes sensei you know this and that it's like call and repeat kind of a thing and that that is fun too right but we kind of take a little bit of a different approach right it's it's interesting that you say that the real grappling because I think one of the things that's becoming evident is how important it is for the kids' development to be able to um, learn how to move in 360 degrees, to learn how to move. So it's not just like, you know, having them, um, you know, do a little class together. It's more about them playing, climbing, tussling you know, flipping and it's, it's super important for their brain development. And, and again, I see that in judo. Yeah. Yeah, definitely. Really important stuff, you know, play, right. Cause we're figuring stuff out through play all the time. Right. And then especially in a sport like judo, you know, if you're just sitting there doing drills and doing throwing drills and doing push-ups and doing squats at four or five years old, then what kid's going to want to do that? You know, you have so many things you're competing against. That's interesting and fun. <laughs> like school video games, like whatever. And there's just so many fun options. So it's like, you know, you got to keep their interest. And if they can, if you can keep their interest, they're going to learn, right? Because they're like a sponge. So that's sort of like my kind of take on this in martial arts. And, you know, I, I assume, right, doing good martial arts and, you know, exercising has a correlation with academics. You know, like I said, I don't have a, right, firsthand data. Now, I assume there's tons of studies out there already being done, you know, but I haven't read any of them. Uh, I assume so. Right, right, right. Yeah. What's interesting um, with what I see with the judo is that uh, it's, it's, again, it's built in and it's baked into the system, the progression of the movement. It's very interesting because the breakfall that I watched the teaching of the, just that that progression of the breakfall. And it's really interesting because for me, I'm always thinking about, you know, neurologically how this is affecting 
the neuromechanics. And it, it, it's real important. Now, are all the movements broken down that way? Mm, I mean, all the techniques is three parts, right? A kazushi, tsukuri, and a kake, which is like sort of the off balance and then the make of the, the shape of the technique and then the execution. So it's like sort of a three-part series. Judo actually came about as like an education system. So everything is like designed for like this curriculum-based thing. I think uh, that kind of narrows it down a little bit too much and there's so much other stuff that aren't being explicitly taught in Judo and that's sort of my uh, niche, I guess. But yeah, everything in Judo has sort of like this progression with belts and learning these three pieces and learning this and then connecting it all together, right? So it's a very interesting martial art because it's, it is education first and that's you know, Jigoro Kano was known for, you know, that was his thing. He was like, I am known as the educator. And a lot of his contributions have nothing to do with judo. You know, getting Japan in an isolationist country into the Olympics and, you know, teaching society. And uh, he did lots of stuff politically that was completely outside of judo that had to do with sport and academics. So, you know, he really, really like doubled down on the education side of things. So, yeah, a lot of it is embedded into the curriculum. That's interesting. Yeah, I, I remember traveling to Cuba and looking at their system. Um, uh, you mentioned pedagogy, their system of a- athletic and academic system. And it was it was interesting the way that they really understood exactly where to place the play, exactly where to place the training, the technical training, and then the classwork. And it, it was very well thought out. Um, you know, with a lot of research behind it, it you know, speaking of other countries, uh, Sensei, would, what are some countries that you've noticed that they're excelling at developing young talent from an early age and, and what are they doing different that makes you go, oh, that's interesting. I think a lot of these countries that have a lot of success at the international level, like they kind of like push the kids into like sport already, right? So they're kind of like in this world and that's what they do and they identify with it and they're pushing them in. I don't really, uh, I'm not like a big believer in this sort of a system. And my goal at the dojo is a little bit different from these, let's just say clubs in Brazil or something like this or in Japan, you know? So yeah, I mean, it's just keeping them in the sport long enough for them to excel. I think that is one of the most important things. For instance, like in the United States, right, it's very, very easy to play a fall sport, a winter sport, a spring sport. You play hockey, you play basketball, you have all these different options, right? But I mean, there's advantages to this too. Like you, you know, restrict this burnout rate that, you know, is a big deal in a lot of these other places like in Japan. You know, people burn out. People don't really want to do it anymore. I think the United States does a good job with like having options like play based, like, and then people tend to stick around longer. Like I see in Japan, judo, like the average athlete that makes it out of the country that has success in the international circuit tend to be younger than the average athlete, you know, on the international circuit. So, you know, it's kind of a give and take. Uh, I do think like Japan does a good job, you know, with, you know, but it's not explicitly like it's hard to say it's because they do this one thing. It's they have the population behind judo, right? So if we're strictly talking behind judo, you know, everybody does judo. Tons of people do judo. You have it in the academic system. Like you take a gym class in Japan, you're doing judo, you're putting on a gi, you know, and you have any sort of 
skill, the coach, the gym teacher is going to be like, hey, man, you should do some judo. You should do join the judo team. And they're like, yeah, maybe I would. You know, and the Olympics are on TV. And then the results of the Olympics really matter, right? If you're watching the Olympics and, you know, uh, the one event, like for instance, like Mongolia, right? They, one of their most successful sports for them is judo because they're a very grappling oriented country. So when they're watching TV and it's like, oh man, international, this and that, Olympics, this and that, uh, oh, Mongolia wins the gold medal. It's like all the kids are like, oh man, I want to do that, you know, and then they rushing into judo. So now you have a population. So it's like kind of like a system that sort of feeds on itself, right? I guess the infrastructure has to be there. The types of coaches and the dojos clubs has to be there. But it's hard to pinpoint it to one thing. Like this country does well because of X, Y, and Z. You know, it's usually a combination of factors. Yeah, that makes sense. No, I, I you know, I think back to when I was in uh, elementary and middle school and we had like mandatory PFT, physical fitness tests. And, you know, there were certain gymnastics things that were involved. And I remember that a couple of kids that got involved, they excelled on a national level in gymnastics because they were introduced to, to it during gym class, you know? Um, but it's, it, it's, it's interesting that, that the schools over there, that's probably a big factor like you said, in terms of the selection process. But I do know, to your point here, the best athletes I've worked with have been multi-sport athletes. They've been athletes that played and did at least two or three sports, and they were just better athletes as yeah, a whole. I agree with that. You know? you know, so, that, that Sometimes that's what you do, right? That's what you need in an early age, just like develop athletic skills, being coordinated, developing coachability, all those attributes that you gain from like almost any sport where you have a good coach, right? That really translate over. Right? So like if in your son's case, for instance, like he's doing judo now and I'm sure he's doing other stuff, he's developing these skills that can help him if he decides to take on soccer, if he decides to take on basketball, right? You know, listening to the coach and then taking advice and then running, jumping, like core strength, the coordination, all this stuff's going to help him. So you know, without the burnout rate being like low, right? And then having these multi-sport options too, and then developing as an athlete and having the means to develop as an athlete too, because we're a first world country, like that stuff, it goes really a long way for sure. I agree with you on that. Yeah. 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 No, I, I, it's funny. I see it. I see it with my son. I mean, in the playground, I see him do things that you've showed him, you know, he falls all the time. I mean, you know that it's just, uh, it's a given. Um, but the way he falls now is differently. And I'm like, Oh, okay. That definitely was not anything that I, sh that he learned by himself. He learned that in the dojo for sure. You know? Um, yeah. So, I mean, this is, so if you were going to recommend to, to parents that had young kids now, um, in terms of martial arts, um, obviously judo's there. MMA has made a huge impact on this country, and that's a separate conversation. But how would you suggest to parents that they introduce martial arts? What should they look for? I think for? when they go to a school, they have to look for safety first, right? You have to check out the classes. You have to let the kid try it out and then make sure everyone feels safe. You don't want goonish parents sitting on the sidelines yelling at their kids. You know, you don't want it to be a win and loss, life or death situation every practice. 
You know, you don't want the mom sitting on the sidelines like, yeah, throw him, slam him. You want to choke him, choke him. You know, you, you really don't want that. You know, that's kind of like sort of the community. And, you know, some people thrive in that kind of <laughs> environment too. So you kind of have to know your own, know your kid, know your family. And, you know, maybe you are that type of family and that's what you need. You know, you're an aggressive type of a school. So finding the right fit, I think, is really important. And then making it fun for the kid and then making – the goal of taking the kid to judo, uh, you're rewarding him not for beating another kid or winning, but, you know, hey, did you learn some today? You know, and rewarding that kind of behavior. Hey, you listened to the teacher really well, you know, let's reward that kind of behavior. So now all of a sudden, they're being rewarded for the right types of behaviors that help them grow uh, in terms like longevity wise, like from a developmental standpoint and then you know athletic attribute standpoint like skills that are going to make them better not just at judo but other sports too right and so i think that's that's really important when uh, if a parent is looking into martial arts that's great advice thank you and I, I think that's a good that's a good spot for us to to call the interview i i i thanks i thank you again for taking the time to talk to talk to us today and i look forward to talking to you again in the future and um, good luck, good luck with all the classes coming back. Thanks again, friends, for listening to another episode of What's Good with Ben V. If you enjoyed the show, please share it with your friends, share it on your social media. We look forward to you sitting back and enjoying future episodes where we look behind the curtain and learn a little something about an athlete or an entertainer that you didn't know.